0: Well, why going to go ahead and turn to your Bibles, to Genesis chapter 39, and uh want not you go ahead and stand, please, uh, in honor of, of the word of the Lord. I'm going to read a few verses. I was going to read the entire chapter, but I have to save my voice, so I'm going to shorten it just a little bit, so I can have a little bit for you guys. Uh, Genesis chapter number 39. I want to start reading in verse number one. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper. So Joseph found Favor in his sight and served him. then he made him overseer of his house. and all that he had, all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your word is so full of life, is so rich, is so applicable. God, and our ears are open this morning to what the Spirit wants to say to us. God, I pray that you would use me, Father, that you would strengthen me on the inside, that the words that I speak will be inspired of the Holy Spirit, that you would grant me power, that I may be able to deliver this word as I ought to deliver it, Father, in truth, with accuracy, and with precision, and Father God, and with the result of life change. And so, Father, we thank you, Father, for this day that you have created. We thank you for this opportunity, and Father, right now, We're gonna stop our moving around. Father, we're gonna stop uh, looking around. We're gonna focus all of our energies on what you wanna say to us today because nothing is more important, Father, than what you have to say through your word. So we open our hearts and minds to that this morning. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated in our God's presence. Today I'm launching a brand new series entitled At Work. And this series is really designed to help us to gain maximum impact on the jobs that God has given us. Uh, How many of you, by show of hands, have a job? (laughs) This message is pretty much applied to everybody. Uh, So we're going to be, for the rest, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about those issues as it relates to work, how we can be effective as believers on our jobs, how are we to engage in a society that tells us that our faith must be kept quiet, our faith must be kept at home, and our faith should not be talked about in the workplace. So we're gonna talk about effective ways by which we can do that, because how do we know that the mandate of God is still the mandate of God? He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he didn't say if they like it or if they didn't. He says that we are to do it. Amen. And so we'll be talking about that. And what we hopefully we're going to be doing is we're going to be bridging a gap between our faith and our work. Because how do we know that they are one in the same? That your life, your whole of life belongs to God. It's so important that we understand that. And one of the challenges I think we have is sometimes it's so hard to get people, even Christians, to see that your occupation It's not just a place where you go to collect a paycheck. It's not just something that you just kind of do so that you can just provide for your family. That's one aspect of it. But there's something greater than just that. How many of you agree with that? We are taught from birth uh, the importance of uh, growing up and getting an education. You you go through uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, you spend 12 years hopefully, and you graduate, and then for some of us, we go on to college and we get our degrees, and then for some of us, we get more degrees, we get masters, and we get PhDs, and we're always educating ourselves because we want to do better. We want to to better ourselves. We want to get a good job so that we can care for our needs and care for the family, and all those things are very, very important. But unless you come from a Christian perspective, very rarely are you taught that your job is really a platform for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So no matter what you do, whether you are a teacher, a policeman, you work in computer technology, or whether you have some kind of government contract, a blue-collar job, white-collar job, it doesn't matter what job you have, how many know that it is a platform for God? This is something that must get deep down on the inside of us. And I've heard people say to me over the years, and I, I've said this over and over again, I tell people all the time, I love my job as a policeman. I've been, I can retire this year. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 I'll say amen. Amen. Uh, and, you know, and people have asked me over the, time, over the years and said, you know, uh, how do you, do you like your job? And, and I tell them, I said, I absolutely love my job. Love my job. And let me tell you, do I love my job because everything has gone my way? No. Do I love my job because I work with the most holy and godly people? (laughs) No way. (laughs) Do I love my job because, you know, know, uh, everything just happened to fall into place and I had the right environment, the right people, the right circumstances? Can I say to you this morning, none of that is true. I haven't had any of that at all. But here's what I do have, is that from the moment that God called me, and let me, let me say this to you, God planted me. God planted me. And from the moment that he gave me this job, from the day one, I looked at my job as a platform. I'm here not just to collect a paycheck. I am here to glorify God. I am here to use what God has given me my job. And so the way I look at it every day I go into the office, I'm not thinking, "Oh God, it's Monday. Oh God, this is a drag." I'm thinking, "Lord, there's an opportunity for me today to touch somebody's life." Because how many know that that is your mission field? And most of us spend, let's be honest, we spend the majority of our time at work to some extent, more than we do at home. And so then the greatest impact that we can have is in the marketplace. And yet, still, there's something in us where we haven't connected the dots to realize that that, that our jobs is a platform to glorify God. And this is why some of us sometimes, right, let's be honest, this is why some of us, we struggle at work. This is why some of us, we hate our jobs. Maybe you sit here today, you say, Pastor, I just hate my job. I don't like my job. I don't like the atmosphere. I don't like the people. But what if I told you that God sent you there? How does that help you? Oh, it got quiet in here. Because somewhere I read that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There are no accidents in God. God God plants you. Listen, wherever you are, until God reveals otherwise, that's your mission field. That's your assignment. And you are to do it to the glory of God. If you have any other attitude, let me tell you, it will be a drag. Somebody will get delivered this morning. Romans chapter 12. Go ahead and turn there real quick. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I want to read this verse. I want to lay eyes on it. This is a very familiar passage of scripture, but I think it's really relevant uh, to our discussion here this morning. Romans chapter 12, it says this, I beseech you, this is verse number one, this is Paul talking, I beg you, therefore, you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God, listen to this, that you present your bodies, A living, everybody say living, a living sacrifice. So that simply means that I'm alive and that everywhere I go, my whole of life is to be a living sacrifice to God. My whole of life. What that means is I have no room for my own will. Is anybody hearing me? Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will. I come to do the will of him who sent me. So the whole of life, he said, I, pres- I-, I beg you to present your bodies a living, everybody say living, Amen. sacrifice. Get, get this, church. That, that, that's just not talking here on Sunday morning when you come to church. Not just when you're talking to your Christian friends, or not just when you're in your house or on the job. or or, or, or in the community, but how many know it extends also to your jobs? That you are to be a living sacrifice in such a way that people see that Christ is alive and working in your life. Let's look at this. It says now, and do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't think like the world. What does the world think? Oh, I got to go deal with this traffic. Oh, I got to go deal with these people. Oh, I got to go. How do we know that that's not the attitude that we should have? First of all, Christians should be thankful. I said Christians should be thankful. We should be grateful for whatever God has given to us. And so, so he says that a whole of our lives is to allow Christ to be expressed and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed. In other words, I'm not here just to live. I am here to make a difference for Christ. I am on this job to proclaim Christ. Now, however you got to do that, that is your job first and foremost. How How many of you have heard that? That when you go on the workplace, what God expects is, I'm a living sacrifice. So wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm living for Jesus. Wherever I plant my feet at, I'm representing Christ. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what function I attend. It doesn't matter what event I go to. It doesn't matter. Everywhere I go, I'm a living sacrifice. That means I am dying to self, and I want Christ to be alive in and through me. This is basic Christianity, but sometimes it gets lost in our business of work. And we must understand that God ordained work. Say that with me. God ordained work. (laughs) Say it one more time. God ordained work. He did. So this morning what I want to do is uh, I want to look this morning in the life of Joseph. Uh, Joseph will give us some insight into how uh, we can uh, engage in the workplace. Joseph was a man, as you well know, who was the 11th of 12 sons of Jacob. Uh, Joseph was his father's favorite son. and jo- Jacob loved Joseph, and his brothers got wind of it, and his brothers became very, very jealous. And what they ended up doing is they ended up selling uh, Joseph into slavery. His brothers wanted to kill him because they were so mad, so jealous. They see Joseph come in, and they say, well, you know what? Let's kill him. Thankfully, the older brother, Reuben, said, no, we don't want to kill him. Let's just kind of sell him off. So they sold him off into Egypt, and Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was a captain of the guard for the Pharaoh. So Joseph finds himself in a place that is probably he did not expect. Anybody ever been there? You found yourself in a place you did not expect. And if you had your way, you probably wouldn't have liked it. I mean, no, I don't think that Joseph liked being in the place. Think about it. Here's a man who was separated from his father, left for dead, really, sold off, rejected. He went through a series of episodes where he was locked up and he was in prison, accused of crimes he didn't commit. Joseph went through all of that. And yet this man still made a difference. And so he lands in Potiphar's house. And he has such favor because Potiphar sees him and Potiphar decides to make him uh, pretty much the, the, uh, the, the steward over his entire property, over his whole house, inside and outside. So, so Joseph has the responsibility to care for everything. This right now is Joseph's job. And so we can learn some principles from Joseph on how to engage in the workforce. And so I got seven of these I want to share them with you this morning. Number one. Joseph maintained a God focus no matter where he ended up. All right? Joseph maintained a God focus wherever he ended up. Now, I know some of you have been gone through some challenges in your life. You've gone through some very, very difficult things in your life. But I don't know a whole lot of people that had to endure what Joseph had to endure. I don't know a lot of people that had to Have your own brothers to cast you down into a hole and have you sold off into a foreign land and being in a place where you don't know anybody. and, and, And through all that, Joseph still maintained his connection to God. He still understood that even though I am here in this foreign land, even though I'm in a place that is unfamiliar, even though I'm in a place that I didn't even want to be, I am here for God. I want you to look at the name and say, you're at your job, look at him, you're at your job. For, God. for God. Learn to like it. <laughs> you're there for God. you got to maintain a God focus. It's so, so hard to do that. But we need to all the time, we need to be thinking about, I'm here because God has planted me here. God has sent me here, and I have a responsibility. Joseph maintained that, and even though he endured some very hard times, Joseph stayed with God. He stayed with God. Secondly, because of Joseph's work ethic, his environment was blessed. Genesis chapter 39, verse number 5. Look at this verse. So it was from that time that he had made him overseer. This is his job. Overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. For whose sake? And the blessing of the Lord was on who? All that he had in the house and what? In the field. Now, how many know, Christian, hear, hear this, that your place of employment, are you listening to say amen? That place should be blessed because you're there. <laughs> that place that you are, you should be the example because of the fact that you are there. That place should be blessed. How many you know the Christians should have the best work ethic? We shouldn't be showing up late on work. Come on, somebody. We should work hard. We should do the best work. In fact, we should go beyond what they even require of us. Why? Because we're working for the Lord. Colossians says this. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily. In other words, put your heart into it, as to the Lord and not to who? Men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. I had a conversation with a sister this morning. And, and she's a little bit discouraged because some folk didn't show up. And, 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 I, and I had reminded her that um, the Lord is still in the house. And that you do what you do. You do it for the Lord and not for people. You do it to serve people because you serve people because God wants you to do that. But first and foremost, you know that you are accountable to God. This is why you can't be disrespectful to your boss. Come on, somebody. This is why you don't, listen, this is why you don't gather in groups like one lady did. And she said to me one time, I'm going to gather together a whole bunch of people and we're going to get rid of my supervisor. This person was a Christian. And I said, uh, Sister, uh, you may want to think twice about that. Uh, long story short, she ended up getting shipped out. How many know that when we understand that we're working for the Lord, it changes everything? It changes my whole perspective because I know that everything I'm doing, God is watching me. And, God, and I'm accountable. So you know what? I'm not going to punch the time clock too early if I know I'm not. Listen, if I know I'm supposed to leave at six. I'm not going to leave at 540. Oh, I'm, I'm stepping on some toes this morning. I? See, if, if I know that I'm not supposed to be taking stuff from the job, how many know I'm not going to take stuff from the job? How many know that we ought to be people of integrity? That's I'll get to that one in a moment. But because of Joseph's work ethic, Joseph was blessed. Joseph and Potiphar, he noticed it. Look at what it says in Genesis 39, verses 2 and 4. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him. Why did he see that the Lord was with him? And that the Lord made him, watch this, the Lord made all he did to what? Prosper. You know why? Because he had a great work ethic. God made all that he did to prosper. And God's anointing was on him. How many know that we need to be people that set the tone and set the example? People ought not, when people, if I come to your job, if anybody come to your job and say, what kind of employee is brother and sister so and so? What do the vast majority of the people, what would they say about you? Would they say, you know what? Brother, sister, so, they're they hard workers. I mean, they go beyond the call of duty. They're always on time. They, they, they work hard. They are bridge builders. They are great. We love having them show up on the job. Or would they say, brother, so-and-so, oh, he tough. Oh, sister, so-and-so, oh, she just told the boss off last week. I mean, know that if anybody had a reason to be mad, it might have been Joseph. Amen. Joseph was did wrong. Do You hear me? And Joseph was did wrong, but he landed in that place, and he said, "You know what? This is why I am." And he said, "I'm going to work my butt off, and I'm going to do the best that I can." And let me tell you something. And when you do that, God to get down behind you. And you know, if you really look through this whole particular passage, you keep saying this. You keep seeing this theme run through the whole time. And the Lord was with Joseph, and the Lord was with Joseph, and the Lord was with Joseph. Why was the Lord with Joseph? Because Joseph was with the Lord. You see? Joseph stayed connected to his God. And when Joseph stayed connected to his God in that way, God blessed his work. I mean, no, God will not bless laziness. It doesn't matter if you save or not. Some people think you think because you're a Christian you're exempt. It doesn't work that way. It rains on the just and on the who? And on the unjust. So listen, we have a responsibility to be good examples, and we're going to be rewarded as such. How me know that's what a just God is going to do? Number three, here's another lesson we can learn that Joseph can teach us about the workforce. Sometimes we will be separated, ostracized, and isolated for doing the right thing. Mm. Sometimes we will be separated, ostracized, and isolated for doing the right thing. In Genesis chapter 39 verses 7 through 29, I'm not going to read all those verses. But you'll see there that Joseph was accused of rape. Potiphar's wife, the Bible said that Joseph was a good looking boy. He was good in form. He was good in appearance. He had it all. He had the whole package. Joseph was hot. He was a man. And Potiphar's wife, she laid her eyes on Joseph. And she sees him and she grabs him and says, lie with me. I mean, how many know that's aggression? And she tries to get Joseph to lie with her. You know what Joseph said? Joseph said, "Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. In fact, Joseph ran from her, says, I'm not going to do it. Well, when Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife, she grabbed a piece of his robe, and then she went back and she told a lie on Joseph and said, Joseph tried to rape me. And as if Joseph didn't already have it bad enough, Joseph gets thrown into prison for a crime he did not commit. Now, do you think about this time you may be wondering if God is really with you? You think at this time you may be really thinking like, Lord, what's happening here? You think that you may be thinking maybe this faith thing is not working. Do you think that you may be tempted to think that way? And Joseph decided that he was going to walk in his integrity instead of giving in. Yeah, he could have slept with Potiphar's wife, but here's the problem. He wouldn't have gotten promoted in the eyes of God. And he would have given up his integrity. How many know your integrity is the most important thing you have in the workplace? Everybody say integrity. integrity. Once you compromise your integrity, you have nothing else. Do you hear me? Your integrity means everything. And Joseph said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to do this thing and sin against God. I'm not going to give up my integrity. I'm not going to do it. And, you know, sometimes at work, you know, people, everybody get in groups and people decide to do certain things. And, you know, I told y'all before that this folks told me one time what happens in Canada stays in Canada. I said, the devil is a liar. Uh, I said, don't be doing it around me because I don't roll that way. How many know that you ought to set the tone? and people should be afraid to sin around you. Come on. They should think twice when they want to act crazy. How many know that Joseph was a man of integrity? He was a man of impeccable character. And Joseph said, no matter what happens to me, if it means I'm going to be ostracized, if it means that I'm going to be put away, whatever it means, I'm willing to go through that because I'm more concerned about what God thinks than what man thinks. How many know you will never get free until you get free from people? Amen. You got to be more concerned about what God thinks than what people think, or you'll never make a difference for God. You will never, trust me, you will never make a difference for God. Never. Luke 6, and 23 says this. Blessed are you when men hate you. <laughs> Nobody likes to be hated, right? And when they exclude you, nobody likes to be excluded, and they revile you, talk about you, cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. He says, now rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. I don't know about that, but that seemed like some tough stuff. So how many know that it's not, listen, just because everybody's doing it, don't make it right. And if I have to compromise my integrity, I'm not going to do it. I am not going to. Joseph said, I'm not going to do it, even if it means, even if it means that you might get demoted. And look, here's my next point. Here's my next point. And here's what we learned from Joseph's life. Sometimes our demotion is a cover for a promotion from God. Sometimes our demotion is a cover For a promotion from God. Genesis 39.20 says this. Then Joseph, master, took him and put him into prison. Right? He didn't do anything wrong. He walked in his integrity. All right? A place where the king prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Here Joseph is in a situation that he doesn't like. Has anybody ever been in a job where you felt like you were in prison? (laughs) Anybody ever been in a situation where you felt like you were in prison? Well, I got good news for you this morning. Keep listening. Joseph educated on us, educated us on how to deal with such situation. You see, you got to understand, for some of us, understand something. Listen, sometimes what appears in the eyes of men is a demotion, is really a promotion to God. See, at the moment, Joseph said to Potiphar's wife, I ain't going to sleep with that woman. And, and he got thrown into prison. Everybody looking at that would be like, oh, man, he, he was in Potiphar's house. He gave her all he had to do was do this, man. And now look at him. He's in a dirty place. How many you know a prison is not a place that most folk want to go to? Dirty, right? Uh, uh, there's a lot of negativism there. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a place nobody wanted to be. And here, Joseph finds himself there, and it looks like from the natural eye that Joseph had been demoted. But in actuality, at that moment, Joseph got promoted in God's eyes. And I wonder, what would have happened to Joseph had he slept with Potiphar's wife? You know, the Bible says that Joseph ended up being, and we don't have time to go over the whole thing this morning, but Joseph ended up being the second in command of all of Egypt. He became the prime minister of the entire Egypt. But I will surmise to you that if Joseph would have given up his integrity and slept with that woman, he'd have never got there. He'd have never got there. But we have to be willing to receive a demotion in order to be promoted. See, some of you right now, you're in a situation right now, you think, man, I've been demoted. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't get what you wanted. Maybe you had eyes for something else and it didn't happen and you think you got dem- demoted. No, 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 no. Perhaps maybe it is God getting ready to promote you. Because, see, you can't look at it in the natural. Here's the problem, folks. Our lives is spiritual. And when you try to discern spiritual things in the flesh, you always get bottled up, crossed up. You always get confused because you don't understand that this is spiritual. Joseph, at the, Joseph didn't be, listen, Joseph became prime minister the minute he decided to obey God. And he waited for the manifestation of it. You hear what I'm saying? So, yes, how many know that when Jesus died on that cross, it looked like a demotion? To everybody who was looking, all the late, everybody out there, they were crying, and Jesus hung up on that cross and they acted like it was all over. But somewhere I read in the Bible where it says God has highly exalted him and have, and have given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many know Jesus never got demoted? He, it was only promotion, baby, and he is at the top how many know that he'll see to it that when his kids walk with God, you'll get to the top two. That's right. When you become a person like Joseph, that you become solid in your work ethic. When you'll become a person who will not compromise your integrity. These are the things that God sees. See, for God, it's not about how well you do on a test. Like the test that the man gives you It's how well you do in your character. Are you hearing me? God is more concerned about your You want to fast track it with God? Make sure your character is right. Ah. Ah. Your character is everything, it means everything to God. Because if God, how many know God owns everything? He's the master, he's Lord of all. So he already knows the end and the beginning all at the same time. And so what he's doing is he's working to conform us into his image. And so listen, so if it seems like you got a demotion. Maybe your job, maybe you have been applying for a, a job situation and maybe you will believe in God and, and that thing didn't come through for you or whatever the case might be. That doesn't mean nothing if you've been walking with God. <laughs> because I mean, no, God will cover his kids. And if you walk with God, you're going to get promoted because promotion comes not from the East or the West, but promotion comes from who? God. Promotion comes from God. So I'm okay with whatever comes my way because I want to make sure that my life is right. You see, how many know we need to check our lives? Oh, we need to check it out. Number five, Joseph maintained a great attitude while he was in prison. You know, it's not a scripture, but boy, it's so powerful. You ever heard this phraseology that your attitude will determine your altitude? Boy, that is so true. The Bible said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus was a servant of men. Do you hear me? He was a servant, though he was God, he was a humble servant. And Jesus was oozing with life. The people, the everything about Jesus was positive. It was on the up, and everywhere he went, he just preached hope, he preached joy. He preached, he he, he embodied enthusiasm. That's why people just kept wanting to hang on him because there was something about his life that just made people believe again. See, Joseph had a great attitude. Genesis 39, verses 21 and 23. Look at these verses. But the Lord, here it is again. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him what? Mercy. And he gave him favor. Everybody say favor. Oh, anybody like that word? And the sight of the keeper of the prison, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prisoner, look, the the keeper of the prisoner got paid for nothing, basically, because Joseph did it all. The keeper of the prison did not look to anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was what? With him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Let me tell you something. If Joseph had a Joseph could have been in that prison, he could have said, he could have been. You know, I, you know I, part of my job is, you know, I bring, I transport uh, folks back and forth, and you know, I hunt people down. It's part of my job, and I bring them back. And then sometimes I bring them to jail, and uh, every now and then I get somebody who decide that they want to uh, be a little bit difficult. They, you know, they're upset, and they want to challenge the deputies. You know, and, and the deputies, they, you know, most deputies, they, they wear brown you know, their brown outfit, and, and, and usually when you, once you come inside the jail, and you start bucking with those guys, they call it the brown wave, because it, it, it's coming. And some of these guys, they're upset, and they're mad, and they're angry, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they feel like, I shouldn't have been here, whatever, and they are mad, they are angry, you know, and they have a bad attitude, and then all of a sudden they end up being thrown into a hole, into a solitary place, and then, you know, they got to go through all that, you know. And and one of the things that I, I I I tell people all the time is when I'm talking to them, I say, no, you gotta listen, I know this is tough, I know this is challenging, and I don't know all the particulars about your case, and I, I really don't want to know, but but I say, look, well, while you're going through it, let's just have a good attitude. Let me know that Christians need to have a good attitude. That many of us are not where we can be or should be because we have a rotten attitude. I mean, no, that Joseph could have, Joseph could have been in that jail, Joseph could have said, you know what? I did my brothers did what they did to me. I don't have my family. I got I don't have my mother and my father, you know, and then this woman accused me of rape. And then you're gonna sit here in the jail and you're gonna tell me to go over here. Go, I ain't listening to nothing you got to say. Get your hands off of me. And many of us would say Joseph would have been justified. I mean you would say Joseph would have been justified. Yeah, you'd I mean, from a natural perspective, a natural perspective, you'd have been justified, but not in God's eyes. Let me tell you why. why. Why was Joseph like that? Because Joseph understood that his steps were being ordered by God. And that no matter what, no matter what, that his life and his times were in the hands of God. How do you know? It was faith. And Joseph said, you know what? I'm going to make, see, some, wherever you are right now in your jobs, you should have a great attitude. Some of you got, you got bosses you don't like. You got people you work with you don't like. And you know what? And because of it, you, you have a temptation to do a half job. How many know a half job is not a good job? Not in the eyes of God. How many know God, God expects us to do better than that? And so what happens is, if we're not careful, we will develop a bad attitude. We're going to the workplaces, and we, we become the negative energy. Soon as you walk in the room, boom, the negative energy just walked in. I mean, i ought not be negative. We ought to be the most upbeat, the most uplifting folk on the planet. We ought to have a great, when everybody else is focused on the negative, you instantly focus on the positive. Because you know that all things work together for good for those who love God. And for those who are called according to his purpose. I know that. So I'm good. My attitude is going to be great. Joseph's attitude was so good. And when the Bible said that the Lord was with them, it's because Joseph was surrendered to God. And God couldn't help but bless them. How many know that if you're in a tough situation right now, if you're in a situation you don't like, how many know if you can maintain a good attitude in the process, if you can worship God in the process, if you can be happy in Jesus while you're going through it, don't you know that God will bring you out with a high hand? Don't you know that in the end it will be well for the righteous? Don't you know that, church? But let it not be said about any one of us, that we got a bad attitude. That we're the ones that are wreaking havoc. I mean, though, that if Joseph didn't, have a, if Joseph didn't do it, then we shouldn't do it. Because whatever we're going through, it wasn't as bad as Joseph. I, was, I know most of you in here, and I don't think you had that kind of experience. And yet Joseph, right where he was, he said, you know what? I'm going to have a great attitude. Number six. And here's a big one. Joseph viewed his being sent to Egypt as coming from God. How many of you you would say today that God is sovereign? I mean, if your theology is right, if your orthodox theology is correct, then you know God is sovereign. So what does that mean? Does it does it mean that perhaps God is in control of all things? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. Does it mean that? Does sovereignty mean that God is the one who is in control? That means, that means nothing happens without him knowing it? Joseph looked at his situation. As bad as it seems, how in the world, Joseph, could you look at your situation like this? How, Joseph, with all the things that happened to you, how could you look at that as coming from God? Look at Genesis chapter 45, verses 4 and 5. Genesis 45, verses 4 and 5. Genesis chapter 45, verses 4 and 5. Look at this verse. Now, this is after Joseph had revealed himself to his brothers. His brothers had came because there was a famine all over the lands there in that region. And all the brothers had came and they had met Joseph. They had seen Joseph, the one that they had abandoned and left for dead even. And it says here, and Joseph said to his brothers when he sees them, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, what, ha- what would you have done to your brothers who did that to you? Y'all don't even want to think about it, do you? Y'all would have went straight ghetto. Come on. Straight ghetto. Oh, I wonder people I want to meet in glory. I want to meet Brother Joseph. That, I'm telling you, Joseph was an amazing man. Amazing. But look at verse five. He says, but now. Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. What? Because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. (laughs) Wow. Joseph said to his brothers, the one who did him that way, who had caused all this havoc. Now, I I may add that, that, that he did have some solace in the fact that he's in charge now, but... But they did all this stuff to him, and Joseph said to them, don't, don't y'all be mad? Don't, don't be mad at yourself. In fact, it was God, God was the one who sent me here so that I can preserve life. How many you know that what Satan meant for evil, God means for good? Amen. How many know what the enemy means for evil, God, the, when the Bible says all things work together for good, we don't understand how that works, but somehow because you happen to love God, whatever happens in your life, even the bad stuff, we sung it this morning, God, turn it around. That's what God does. God does crazy stuff like that where he just takes situations that look horrible and he turns them around. And here Joseph's attitude was, God, you sent me here to preserve life. How many know that perhaps you've been sent to your location, the job that you have to preserve life? I mean, no, you've been sent where you are to preserve life. You've been sent to preach Christ. You've been sent to help someone to come out of darkness. You have been sent there by God. You have been sent and you are on a mission from God. I mean, know that it takes great faith to realize and understand that amid difficult circumstances like that sometimes. It's hard to see God's hand. But let me say something to you, and I, I want to be very frank with you. I want to be very open with you. A lot of times we don't see God's hand because we're not seeing in the eyes of the spirit realm. You know, when we get upset and we get angry and we get we, we're so concerned, some of us, we in a situation, where all we think about is leaving. Come on. And here's the problem. If that's all you think about, you can't see what God is doing right now because you're preoccupied. How many scores of people walk by us every single day who needs life? And God sent you there to give life that we miss it because I just want out of this place. I just want out. I just want out. I just want out. Let me help you. Until God brings you out, learn how to rejoice where you are. And, and say, God, use me. Go into that workplace. Say, God, I don't like the circumstances. Yes, some folks really get me upset. God, this situation is not paying me what I think I deserve. You may not, it's nothing wrong with wanting more. You hear me, it's not wrong with that. But how many know that we shouldn't be complainers and we should be people that are looking at our opportunity as a mission field? That's why God has you there at that job, that's why you're there at that location. How many people may not even hear about Christ or come to Christ until you open your mouth? But if you're you're consumed with, oh, I hate this place, how many know it's hard to see God in that? It's very difficult to see God. And Joseph, he says, I was sent here by God. I, I, I asked you at the beginning of this message, I said, how many of you really look at your situation as you being sent there by God? You're in the workforce, and God sent you there. How many of you really, really believe that, and then you live your life in such a way to reflect it? It's something for us to think about. Lastly, and this is a big one too. Joseph didn't return evil for evil. Genesis 45, verses 9 through 11. Joseph said to his brothers, Harry and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. And there are still five years of famine. Joseph could have at that moment, he could have got his brothers back. How many of you know he could have got them back? He's the second of all of Egypt. He could have had every one of their heads off. He could have said, you know what, bring them in, let's, let's kill every one of them. And some of you have been, some of you probably will say, Yeah, he could have did that. I might have thought about it. But you know, Joseph didn't return evil for evil. Now, why do I know this is a major problem? Because I talked to Many Christians, I talked to some of you, and I know that you got people on the job. Perhaps you got enemies on the job, or you got people who haven't treated you right, or, you know, and you got in a situation that you're not really, really happy about. How many know that what we should be doing is we should be blessing people and not cursing them? You see, the, the, the Bible says do good to your enemies, treat them good. Love them. If you got an enemy or somebody on the job that get on your nerve you don't like, you know what you should be doing? You should be blessing them every chance you get. Maybe, maybe buy them a lunch. And, you, and, and they'll look at you like you're crazy, but you're really doing it for your own sake. <laughs> Because you know that you want God to work something out of you. So what you do, let's say you got somebody on the job, a relational problem. Come, because here, Why is it so important? Because God may want you one day to minister to that person. And you can't minister to that person if you don't like that person. And if, you, if you're consciously thinking, I don't like you. Because generally what we do with people we don't like, stay away. You don't know. Listen, you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be, that, to me, that's a form of prison. I want my life to be lived in such a way that whenever God wants to use me to talk to anybody, I, I, I'm there. I can share and I can help somebody. So here's what you do. So if you got an enemy or somebody on the job that's a problem, or maybe they haven't treated you right, maybe you thought, maybe you think your supervisor has wrong. I don't. Whatever the case might be, bless them. No, that's what Joseph did, right? Joseph blessed his brothers. He could have got back at them. He could have said, you know what, I'm going to get you back. But he says, no. He says, go tell everybody, come on, I'm going to take good care of you in Egypt. I'm going to bless you. Come on, everybody. I'm going to bless you. Amen. Be a blessing. And with anybody that, and, and you know in your own heart, anybody that you got some feelings. Here's what I do, make it a practice. Anybody that you got some of those negative feelings about? You know, y'all know what I'm talking about? The, the ooky feeling. You know, the feelings then what you do is do something to combat it. Expose the enemy and do something good. The Bible says do good where evil is. Don't return evil for evil, but you do good. And how many know God will bless us for that? Final thoughts. Make the most of every opportunity because here's the reality. None of us know how long we have on this earth. None of us. So as long as you're here on earth, make the most of every opportunity and live for God and glorify him. Thank God for the job you have. It may not be the job you want. I get it. It may not even be the environment that you like. But thank God for it anyway. How many know that God loves it when his people give him thanks? Thank him. Thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you for the job. Find something good to say about it. Amen. Thank him for it. And listen to this. Be content in whatever circumstance you find yourself. doesn't mean that you shouldn't strive to do better. Nothing wrong with that. It just means that while you're striving to do better, there's a quietness in your soul. Amen. There's a peace that I'm okay because I know God is still using me. Amen. I know guys, I'm good. I'm good. And then mend relationships. Mend them. Anybody on your job, in your workplace, and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, that you got issues with, relational problems, Work at mending that relationship for the sake of Christ. You know, by the way, that's what it means to be a living sacrifice. That you sacrifice your own feelings and emotions for the cause of Christ. How many know that's hard, but that's what it means? This is where the rubber meets the road. It means that I give up my own feelings and I sacrifice and I do what God would have me do in that situation. And I may not even want to do it, but I do it anyway. Go against your flesh. Go against your fleshly you and do what God would want you to do. Remind yourself that you are on assignment from God. Remind yourself of that, and then finally, if you happen to love your job, make sure that you have a God focus. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every.